Happy Thanksgiving, Amit. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for one of the best goals of the tournament. One of the great World Cup goals we've seen. Uh, yeah, I'm also thankful that uh, following this, I'm going to eat so much food. And I love Thanksgiving food, so it's a good day. Could we consider you doubtful for Wales, Iran tomorrow morning at 4 a.m.? Or will you be able to time up the Thanksgiving food coma correct that you'll just wake up from your slumber and, oh, look, it's Gareth Bale? Eh, doubtful, doubtful. It's, okay. There's not there's a, there's a chance, but it's not good. It's not good. Okay, okay. Uh, this is the World Cup After Dark podcast. I'm Austin Miller. He's a bit Malik. We're going to go a bit shorter today because it is Thanksgiving. We didn't even know if we were going to have a show amid, and then we got everything we wanted – well, not really. We didn't get everything we wanted. We got everything we didn't want. But a great game nonetheless. In Portugal 3, Ghana 2. We have to start here. This was a great World Cup match. One of the best World Cup matches. One of a, a match that will probably go down as one of the top matches from this tournament. Cristiano Ronaldo did Cristiano Ronaldo things. Laid it on very thick pre-match. Was bad for an entire half. Actively a harm to his team made them worse dove won a penalty that probably shouldn't have been a penalty and just absolutely spanked his penalty so hard right into the back of the net one nil portugal and then the game got good it did it got crazy and i think that's why you said it's one of the best games of the tournament because uh i think the early hallmark of this world cup is measured uh safe soccer and no this one got weird Ghana were like we're gonna come score and they uh slipped up twice in the build-up gave Portugal the ball in really dangerous areas uh listen Portugal's midfield really good two really good through balls almost offsides but uh honestly two good finishes from Joao Felix and Rafael Leao uh very confident finishes maybe you could quibble with the keeping on the second goal but and then from 3-1 it was like oh this thing was done and dusted in the stretch of three minutes. No, 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 no. no God has more. a lot left There's to more. say. Yeah. Uh, saw an Andre Ayu goal, which is that now you know Ghana at the World Cup. And then, oh, sorry, that was um, that was the, the first one. one before the goal. The one one. They had the the two one 89th minute, and then it was like, oh, we get we need stoppage time. And then Austin, I think you've got to describe just the almost goal that that wasn't one of the I think would have been one of the funniest world cup plays of all time it still was but it didn't count it didn't go in so i'll give i'll give you know the host broadcasters a lot of credit the people who put together the images that you see for the world cup because they have a really difficult job and i think they did really well with this game because they had an incredible take of uh andre ayu on the bench being you know kind of hugged and applauded by his teammates after he comes off at 1-1 like yeah man you did really well you fought hard you got the goal and then he looks over his shoulder and Portugal has scored to make it 2-1. And it's just this heartbreaking image. <laughs> yeah. Then there's this great image of Ronaldo on the bench after the 3-2 goal for Ghana, where the Ghanaian player rips the Ronaldo celebration yeah. to cut the Portugal lead to that was, one. That content was so good. And then we have this moment where we're going on a replay of a bad Ghanaian shot that was easily picked up by the Portugal goalkeeper. And we cut quick out of it. And... And Yaki Williams has the ball and he's like scrambling with the goalkeeper. And you're like, wait, what just happened? And eventually they show the replay that it was like this reverse cherry pick, right? Where he's hanging out behind the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper completely forgets he's there, goes to play the ball out, 
Williams snatches it from him and falls down. How can you fall down in that moment? It was there. It was going to be an epic World Cup moment. Ronaldo was going to watch his team blow two points from the bench. And he fell down. Oh, it would have been truly special. It's the it's the Jose Alvarado move yeah. for the NBA fans. You you lurk. You're in the field of play. You're in the yeah. field. Of, it's legal. It's legal. No one's saying. And you he did a perfect it. job because he totally yeah. he didn't try to like pick it. Sometimes yeah, people right. try to do the thing where they like pick it out of the goalkeeper's hands when he's dropping no, it, and that will no, never yeah. work. But he had thrown the ball out. It was a free ball, and he just snuck in, and then yeah. he fell down. Oh. This was a great game. Yeah, you, it was. We you feel really bad for Ghana because they probably deserve to get – I mean, I don't know that they necessarily deserve to get something yeah. from this. They left themselves wide open. They had some poor goalkeeping. They weren't super great on the ball. But they could have gotten something from this, right? So yeah. there's that aspect of it. And then there's just the whole Portugal elephant in the room that has just not been resolved because they are still probably a worse team with Ronaldo on the field with no signs that they're going to be able to get Ronaldo off the field. Correct. I don't even think probably. I think today was very good evidence of how much worse he makes them. And I look, great, great penalty. It's not easy to take a penalty at the World Cup. Uh, he was doing his breathing exercises, all the players now. Got to get in the Zen mode. And he walloped that thing. Yeah. Uh, good bit. Uh, maybe he's been working on those uh, in all his spare time, not practicing over at uh, Manchester United. Bye-bye. But um, to, to the point, it's Portugal is such a good team. They have such good midfielders. And they put in a lot of good passers, a lot of good dribblers. But when he's on the field, their entire uh, attacking game plan is like, let's get an overload and cross it to the back post. And maybe Ronaldo wins a jump ball. And it was just like, it's not working. It allowed Ghana to, if there's no threat to go in behind, because Ronaldo just chills. He just stands next yeah. to the center back. That's he just whole, jumps really high. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, well, then you're not dynamic. And then defensively, Portugal can't press. Like, because Ronaldo can't run, won't yeah, run. He, he, yeah, he gets like one sprint a game. And it's it's so weird, like the, the body language, the whole like – it's so funny. Santos did not look happy. After I know. He didn't scoring. celebrate the penalty. It was just yeah. like, great. He he's, he's, he's like, have to start this guy again. But credit to Portugal that like three minute stretch where they scored both goals. I think they were mostly on Ghana, you know, trying to build up, which they had been doing decently all game. They made a mistake. And that's Portugal. That They showed you how dangerous they are. They yeah. won the ball, two passes, guys in. Uh, I already said good finishes, but like they just look so much better when they're like kind of flowing and it's a little more chaotic, a little in transition. And look, they were up one, so that it, helps. it was it was going to help them. But like Liao is so good for them. Like yeah. why can't you why can't you start him at striker? And uh, I I I was not happy that Portugal won no. this game. It was it was unfortunate, but. It's a, yeah, yeah, no. They they are also definitely in the driver's seat to get out of this group as well with the result and then the Uruguay South Korea tie. So we'll see when they get tested again, and we can talk more about this game. But it doesn't necessarily look like Uruguay is going to play a fun game with Portugal. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's go quick. Uruguay nil, South Korea nil. Uruguay desperately need an attacking midfielder to come in and link together their two parts of the field. And that is also the same thing we've said about Uruguay for about 20 years now. So same problems as always, it seems. They have the players in the squad. They're just not playing them. 
Uh, Diego Godin can't get in the team for the 26th best squad here in Argentina, but is just playing absurd long balls for Uruguay. He had like three balls today where it just gets on his foot and he just absolutely picked out Darwin Nunez. Um, Uruguay were fine. They should have finished a little bit better. They should have been able to link up play a little bit better. This is a fine result. I think they're a fine team, and that's probably going to be Uruguay yet again at this tournament. South Korea, another good result. Um, I think they will kind of like their chances of picking something off Portugal, of, of playing well with Ghana. Um, Seon Hun Min looked very uncomfortable with the big mask on his face, touched it about 9,000 times during this game, but was fine. They need a finisher. Both of these teams kind of needed to finish. It's an okay result. It's a pretty standard first game at the World Cup. Yeah, I think you covered it completely. And I had Uruguay as my dark horse pick if I had to pick one. And I think on talent, they are about what I thought and maybe what you thought. But it does seem like they just lack that the extra ingredient to take them to the next level. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But it does seem like they if they finish second in this group, it's tough looks of them making a run because they have to go through Brazil. Yeah. So, and also, they have a very cookable right back in Martin Castres, who did not get better or faster playing for the LA Galaxy. Shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty interesting because Sung yeah. Min started this game out on the other side from Castres, played about 10 minutes there, and then was like, that dude is bad. I'm going to go yeah. play over there. Yeah. And was fairly successful doing that. So, yeah, there's flaws with this Uruguayan team. Look, they're always going to play hard. They're always going to fight for every single challenge, every 50-50 ball, et cetera, et cetera. All of the stuff that we've always said about them is still true, but they're lacking maybe that that one final touch. Yeah, I, mean, I we, thought – Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I thought Darwin was, was decent. Yeah. He gave them a dynamic element. I mean, Korea – did well to block the block up, junk up the midfield in this game. He had a few runs in, but like you saw at Liverpool, and then I think just, you know, he didn't get great chances, but he was off he was too fast for his own good yeah. in the final third. And it was a little frustrating. But And I think it was interesting because when Uruguay made their change to bring Cavani on, they took out Suarez and they didn't take out Nunez. Yeah. And I think that's probably what you'll see where I don't know that Suarez and Cavani can really play together at this. Obviously, there's not still a great understanding, but there's just not enough legs between yep, those two totally, totally. at this point. Amit, we saw the last of the favorites to make their debut at this World Cup, and it was an impressive debut for Brazil. A 2-0 win over Serbia that was a bit more comfortable than the scoreline suggests. It took them a while to break down what was a pretty good, solid Serbian team, a good goalkeeping game from the other Milinkovic-Savic in goal from Serbia, they were finally broken down, a rebound parried right to Richarlison to make it 1-0, and then an insane goal for 2-0 for Brazil outside of the boot cross from Vinicius Jr., and Richarlison decided to chest it and then bike it and just blow all of our minds. Yeah, it's sick. It's so sick. It's like the James Rodriguez goal where you chest and turn, but then instead of hitting like a normal volley, he chests the other way, like away from goal and then scissors it and he he caught all of it like yeah. Milinkovic Savic was like oh I don't know what's happening but he like kind of reads like if you don't hit that well it's savable and it's just a bullet to the yeah. corner I mean that's that's it's as good as it's as good as it gets I mean I I don't know if it's Puskas contender worthy but it could be because of it's a World Cup goal yeah but it definitely will easily be a top three goal at this tournament I can't imagine like I just can't imagine two individual bits of skill better than that. It was yeah, awesome. The uh, very early favorite for goal of the tournament, and it's going to take totally. some beating for sure. Yeah. Brazil yeah. were good here. Um, 
it yeah. took them a bit to get into that last gear, but they did what Brazil do, right? In that they just make it so hard for you to defend because they're constantly putting pressure on you. And it took a really good goalkeeping game for Serbia to stay in this match. And they gave Serbia absolutely nothing the other way. And, and Mitrovic is a striker who can trouble a lot of teams, but it's really hard for him against Brazil because they are two physical center backs who can play against him and play his style. Serbia were pretty toothless in attack, and it was just really a matter of time before they got broken down. And in the end, they were, and then they got opened up, and Brazil had a party at the end and probably could have scored a couple more. They hit the post twice, had some good yeah. chances. This was good from Brazil. It wasn't an A++ performance, but a very solid World Cup debut from a favorite. I agree with everything you said. I think what makes Brazil a tournament favorite that we just saw today is that they just are built for this style of soccer. Yeah. Their back line, their tactics, right? They leave their outside backs back. They play a really good defensive midfielder. They d- they don't commit too much. And it was a little frustrating in the first half. You're like, uh, Brazil's in, t- in charge of this game. Serbia's not, not getting too much, but they're not really knocking. And then in the second half, they're just like, all right, let's just notch up just a little. They didn't even yeah. have to like. They just kind of started to tighten the screws. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they just started pressing a little higher, a little faster with the ball. Let's, you know, one move and shoot like and and then just from there it snowballed and and you see their confidence going. And yeah. then, you know, the goal was a bit lucky that that bounce on the save goes to Richarlison, but But when you put that much pressure yeah. on a team, those yeah. bounces yes. always seem to come your way at some Exactly. Point. And so Brazil were totally deserving to get 1-0. And I think just I'm not saying a weight was lifted, but it just allowed them to be like Let's just keep at this level. We're just going to, you know, ride this thing out. Obviously, the second goal was awesome. But then you saw from there, it was like, all right, we're Brazil. Let's have a little fun. And then they just started ripping. They were just playing horse. They're like, let's see who can score a 25-yard banger. And they they hit the post, a few good saves. Like, it was fun. It was fun. And listen, Brazil's, uh, uh, the beautiful game, the Joga Benito, isn't the same of the early 2000s of the 70s of the all these classic brazil teams but what it is now it's the modern version of like they just have so much talent at every position no one you can't play that open anymore but for what you can do with these attackers it's 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 awesome so brazil for sure i think did their part uh they they saw the markers laid down by france by spain by england they saw what argentina did they did their part wasn't an A plus, but there's no I, there's no doubting that they are definitely yeah a favorite, maybe the maybe the favorite. So credit, and it's insane the amount of talent that they can bring off the bench in a game, right? Like yeah. no, and it, it, it really is change up the front line. Oh, here's here's Anthony, here's Gabriel Jesus, <laughs> you know, here's uh, Rodrigo. Exactly. Oh, let's just bring those guys off yeah. for some fun. And this is something we talked about with Brazil. We were trying to like nitpick a squad flaw, and it was like. Are Richarlison and Gabby Jesus like good enough? And it was like Richarlison in the Brazil shirt is awesome. Well, the thing about Richarlison is he's a very good player for this Brazil team because you have all these super talented wingers that are skill yes. players, that are flair players, that create space, that go for shot. And Richarlison is just a hard nosed goal scorer. Exactly. Right? Like, he's, I mean, look, he broke out the bag of skills today for the goal yeah, that he right, scored. Right. But on the first goal, he just has this nose for goal and he goes to the goal yeah. and he eats up all the trash. And so all of those players create opportunities and then it's Richarlison there that if needed, if that initial strike doesn't find the top corner, 
boom, he's there to clean it up. And I think he's a great compliment to everything that Brazil has, and he makes them a lot better. And this is a really well-built squad because of a player like him and a player like Casemiro who cleans up everything on the back and who helps make it so that all of those players can just do whatever they want in the attacking half. Well said. It's a skill, what he does. It is a skill to, to score those kinds of goals, be in those positions. So, yeah. Other game in this group, Switzerland won, Cameroon nil, a very standard World Cup result. These teams were pretty even. You could even maybe make the case that Cameroon could have deserved more here. But it was a Swiss finish, and it was maybe the first non-celebrated World Cup goal because Briel Mbolo, born in Cameroon, scores against Cameroon for Switzerland. A well-taken finish, a well-created goal. Sheridan Shakiri, who looks like he hasn't slept since the Chicago Fire got eliminated from playoff contention, which was like in April when they started playing, uh, with a really great assist. He was fine for Switzerland. This was a perfectly fine performance from them. They're probably slightly favored to get out of this group, although they still have to play Brazil and Serbia, though. Yeah, uh, not much to write home. I do think Cameroon had a few chances with those their dynamic front line. Ikambi had a few in the box, that one that he couldn't get. But um, listen, the goal was good. The goal yeah. was a really nice pass from Shakiri, and Bolo was wide open in the box. And for the most part, Cameroon limited Switzerland's attack, but it, that's the World Cup. One moment, it was it was well worked and a well taken finish. Pretty standard fare, you know. Cameron's not out of it, but they they really could have done better with the point. But that's okay, you know. Two games, and I agree, Switzerland's uh, in the driver's seat. But Switzerland Serbia is still the likely game to decide yeah. this group, which hasn't happened yet. So it it, it happened. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it good happened. For you were you were not witness to it, and you were probably better off for not being witness to it. I mean. I think. Uh, correct. Uh, it was yeah. 4 a.m. Uh, had the 3.55 wake up, put the game on, and uh, that was nope. probably most of it. Um, <laughs> listen, we caught up with uh, our usual yeah. notes and stats. The, the, and These were the two I'm early games to miss. Yes. These so. were the two early games to miss. You, uh, you did well there. All right. We've touched on everything from today. A pretty a good World Cup day. Not the best World Cup day, but that Portugal-Ghana game was great, and it was nice to see Brazil in action. Really, the reason we're recording this podcast a bit is because you got to squirm a little bit. Because tomorrow, it's USA-England. It's Black Friday. I don't know if you've been reminded of that on the Fox broadcast at any point. I don't know if they've been maybe <laughs> slipping that in every so often. Cowboys are going to play a Thanksgiving Day game. They might mention the USA-England game once or twice on that. What are you expecting from this game tomorrow? What do you hope to expect? And, and kind of what do you see happening? The U.S. really needs to try to get a draw or better. Um, you don't want to play just for a draw because I think that's um, dangerous. And yeah. I do believe, you know, given what we know about the U.S.'s makeup, Burhalter's makeup, and obviously the just the tension between USA and England in everything over their history, but also on the soccer field where England, I think, takes pride in being the forefathers of this game and the U.S., who is one of the best sporting nations in the world is not good comparatively at men's international soccer. Um, and they've always been trying to like model themselves to be like this. It's fireworks. It's going to be fireworks. So it's going to be really intense. And you can't tell anyone in that U S men's national team organization, we're going to go into this game and not try to win. Of course they want to win. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, I'm expecting a high charge game to get to the actual game. We've talked about this before. This is a game where U.S. needs to take advantage of England's weaknesses. 
which yep. is their center backs lack of pace and they're committed uh they're oh, man they're going to commit to playing out of the back with their center back. Their commitment and to playing out of the back with the center back. There's the there word. There's yeah. the word. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, you know, let's see the U.S. press a little. Um, I think we might get Aronson in the starting 11. Not sure if he's going to be on the wing. Maybe in for McKenney. Um, I think McKenney's a great presser and you need him in. So maybe that changes Wea gets rotation or maybe Wea striker. Josh Sargent wasn't that good uh, in game one. So, But yeah. You know, it's not too complicated. The U.S. is going to go press them. England's going to do their thing. They're pretty uh, conservative. Uh, they play four in the back, and they leave Declan Rice back. So it might be cagey, but it will be in physical fast. Yeah. This will look like we said Japan-Germany will look like a Bundesliga game, yeah. like Dortmund-Bayern. It kind of did. It really, it was really fun. This is going to look like Leeds-Chelsea. Yeah. Like, U.S. is going to be Leeds pressing and England is going to be like the Tuchel era Chelsea, which obviously is a great team, fast team, but they're not going to let themselves be beat. So it might not be like the prettiest soccer you've seen, football you've seen, but it's going to be explosive, fun, and for sure a game changes this because the interesting part of this game is if something happens is how much does each manager, and the pressure here is on Burhalter yep. to chase a point, to chase three points, knowing what happened, what they need in the last game. So here's so, my question for you. Yeah. Does your approach to this match change significantly based on what happens in the first game tomorrow? So U.S. England go last tomorrow. Yeah. Wales-Iran go first. That game is very significant for the U.S., right? Because if Wales win that game, they're already on four points. Iran are most likely going to be eliminated. They are going to be eliminated at that point. And so that means the U.S. needs to get something from that England game to prevent the whole, you know, England-Wales mutually beneficial draw situation from happening. If Iran wins that game, then the U.S. will know that most likely they are playing Iran and need to beat Iran to go through regardless of what happens against England. Does your approach to the game change based on what happens in that early game? Yes, it has to that it's not going to totally change it. I just spent like a, a little yeah. rant going on why U.S. is approaching this game. Let's win. Let's win. But the approach, no matter what, is let's go out and be aggressive and win. We're not going to, you know, sell out. So we, we don't want to. We need a draw. But if Wales loses, then it's okay. We, you know, we have a little more leeway. We don't right. need to like go for it. If Wales wins, you have to do your best to win. You have to go chase. You have to chase three. You have to chase three. And even if you get one, you know, okay, you're alive, but like, you got to play 60 minutes of this game trying to win it. You have to be the aggressor. You cannot let England come in and dominate things because we've shown us can take it. Right. And we've also know that they don't, they can't do that all game. And England is better than them. So like you better use your, use up all your, strength this is your moment like so yeah it, it definitely matters so do we see Obviously, Gio Reyna in this game it was kind of controversial that he didn't come on against have, Wales he's a good midfield kind of attacking like player is there a role for him in this game yeah I think the roles for him given his fitness are more suited for the Iran Wales types of opponents yeah but he's still a good pressing player um I don't know his fitness level yep. I'm confused to why Greg didn't play him but we don't like we're not in the camp, so 
I think if this game, if U.S. is down one, uh, you should see him in the second half to chase the game. I think if they're tied and there's just the way it's working, the U.S. needs someone to unlock the defense, sure. But this is the type of game where, like, if it's going the way we see it and it's just scrappy both ways, you don't necessarily, it's not necessarily a game for Reyna. Right. Like, and you would like to have him at 100% because Iran is almost assuredly a game yeah. where his talents could be useful. Yeah. We, we've made this joke a bunch of times, but like, I really don't want to see Dest uh, yeah. in the starting lineup. If Dest is coming on this game because you need an attacker, by all means, Sergio Dest is good at that. But if Dest is starting, I can guarantee you what England's game plan is. It's They're going to hit long balls at him win them and then when they get the ball they're going to swing it over to their attackers on that side and they're gonna be like all right go cook like we literally saw against iran they're like all right jude bellingham go wherever you want on the field and just create an overload and cook and then he he did and, the, yeah. and he also made a run on the goal but like they've they've got too many dribblers england's got too many dribblers that's the yeah. way they create by like getting wide breaking down and it does seem like harry kane is healthy that would have helped the u.s if he wasn't in but Harry Kane's not like physically imposing. He he's he's a fine athlete, but like he's not going to trouble this back line okay. and stretching them. So like it's more just you can't lose him in the box. He's smart. Right. Harry Kane's very smart. He's the Richarlison thing times two or three. Sure. But because of England's speed, I'm not sure you can play Ream. I know Ream is more of a Premier League player, yep. and he has that experience with Fulham. But if we're pretending that this game is like a Leeds Chelsea sure. type of thing you need a pressing center back. So it's Aaron Long or Cameron Carter-Vickers, which is a little scary. But I think if you're putting a pressing team, maybe it's Long. Okay. All right. You broke it down well. I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be interesting. I obviously have the benefit of being more neutral in this situation. I'm not emotionally attached to how the U.S. does. So I'm excited to watch this and see how this happens. I'm sure you're just dreading it and want it to just be done and preferably with a positive result for the U.S. We talked quickly Correct. about Wales Iran. Let's touch very quickly on Group A as we wrap this up. Amit, tomorrow we've got a really interesting game between the Netherlands and Ecuador. Both teams on three points a chance for Ecuador to maybe spring a surprise and find themselves in the fight to top this group. Uh, this is going to be a good one because I don't think you or I were terribly impressed with the Netherlands in their first game. I think we were pleasantly surprised by what Ecuador brings. This is an interesting match where Ecuador don't have a lot to lose, right? They're in a good situation in this group, regardless of what happens in this game. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring out to, to attack this Dutch team. With you, I think this would be a really good opportunity for Ecuador to be aggressive. We yeah. saw that Netherlands gives you a lot of space in the midfield and Ecuador are a really good team at winning second balls and they should eat up the midfield. That being said, Ecuador, we didn't think they had a lot of quality in the final third, but if Enter Valencia is going to be right. cleaning up chances, they, they could totally go get this game, but I'm with you. They don't need it. So like it, it has fun potential. It also could be a little boring because both teams don't want to, try too hard or just like they're both they're both managers inclined to be a little defensive sure. but um let's see a goal would change it i think it'll probably be netherlands having this some is of the a ball. game that could desperately use an early goal right yes like yes, this totally 
any game can generally use an early goal. But if Ecuador were able to score early in this game, this game turns into something that's a very interesting proposition. If the Netherlands totally. score early, it's also still an interesting proposition yeah, because Ecuador then have to come out and try to attack this. But the longer this game stays at nil-nil, the longer both of these teams will probably kind of back into, nah, we're okay, right? We're okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way Senegal-Netherlands went. We right. saw just how a game like this will go if both teams are satisfied and Netherlands you know, kind of stole a goal and rode it out from there. Uh, other game, Qatar, Senegal, both these teams on zero points. They sit at the bottom of this group. It's a must-win match. I think that makes it kind of interesting. The thing that is less interesting is Qatar were not very good in their opening match. But maybe there's a response coming from this team. This is a game that's at least interesting enough on paper because your World Cup is at stake here in game number two. You have to get a result, and it probably needs to be a win. Yeah, you've outlined the stakes. That's what makes this game fun. Uh, Senegal are the better team, but... If if there is a home soil boost for Qatar, we're still waiting. Qatar's gonna have lost all three games, and we're we'll like, "Hey, could... where's the home, home soil boost? boost? It's, it's home coming! Boost. It's coming!" Yeah, but um, no. I, let's see if Qatar has any response to them. If they do, then maybe this will be fun. We know both teams are desperate, but Qatar should have been desperate in game one, and it didn't seem that way. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I, I think there's there's a potential hope here that Qatar have settled down a little bit and the moment won't necessarily be as big for them in this game tomorrow and we'll get to see them play a little bit more. I think that would be good from a neutral perspective. That would be good from this game being entertaining perspective. But Senegal are clearly favored here and also under pressure to get the three points and to set up that last day showdown with Ecuador, which is where we thought this group was going from the start and that could definitely be where it ends up. All right, that's it from us on World Cup After Dark. We got done before the Cowboys. We're even going to kick off. Look at us, Amit. We're doing great. Enjoy your turkey feast. I'll see you here tomorrow. I don't know what mood you'll be in, but it's going to be a good one because we've got USA England, and I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. You cannot wait. That is certainly sure. Uh, Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.